0: I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me Lord, I am yours. Welcome I am to Gospel Center Pro Life. In this episode, we're gonna to talk to abolitionist Carl Turnmeyer, and we're gonna ask the question, abolitionist or pro-life? Which one is biblical? Stay tuned. Send me Lord. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Well, welcome to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. Appreciate all those who are watching or who are listening. Um, the question that we're asking in this podcast is, abolitionist or pro-life, which one is biblical? And it's not really to say that, that neither one or both are biblical or one's more biblical than the other. We're just talking through this thing because it's a question that a lot of people have. And so I have with me today Carl Turnmeyer, who is um, an abolitionist who's with, I don't know, AHA is not necessarily an organization you say you're under, but people have the the AHA philosophy. And uh, so I wanted to just kind of share, uh, Carl, real quick, if you can, sort of maybe a summary of what what you see. And it's not a monolithic group. There's a bunch of different abolitionists and people that are part of AHA and whatnot who have different varying beliefs about abolition and that sort of thing. But from your perspective, what is the abolitionist philosophy? Okay.
1: Well, first, let me just say that um, you know, I've been involved in this since the late 80s. Okay. My first um, um, introduction to um, preborn murder, I, I tend to use that as opposed to the euphemism of abortion. Yeah, sure. Um, because that's the reality of what we're talking about, yeah. um, was when my wife and I were thinking that she was pregnant, and I was in college, and we went to a clinic. To do a pregnancy test, and we found out that she was pregnant. Yeah, and um, they offered to provide us with an abortion. Wow! And um, I grew up. You know, I'm 50 years old. I grew up in a different generation than today, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a, I, I was of the, the belief that you know a woman who's pregnant is pregnant with a human child. If she give her time, she's going to deliver a baby. Yeah, and that sure. was my baby.
2: Yeah,
1: and. Um, and that you do what's right. Yeah. Um, And so I was shocked by that option, that opportunity that they were presenting to us, and my wife was also shocked by it. That was our first um, introduction to this. And so I, from that day forward, my wife and I um, got involved in everything that we could um, regarding pro-life, because we were for life. Yeah. And I think that um, along with the euphemism of abortion comes the terminologies around what we're talking about pro-life and abolition. Um, can I say that I'm pro-life? Absolutely. Would you say you're pro-life? Absolutely. Because we are for life. We want, we think life is something that God has, has given and, um, it's of him. And so, you know, we, we are for that. God wants us to be for that. Um, as far as abolition goes, um, in this day, abolition has a, a primary focus on um, doing away with the practice of preborn murder. murder. Yeah. But abolition is, is really a, a mindset or an ideology or a spirit, if you will, that has been around eternally. Yeah. Christ okay. came to abolish the works of the devil. So okay. yeah. abolition, that word abolish is a, is a scriptural word. Um, and so, and you and you see coming through history, uh, biblical history of the of the prophets and the things that were going on with the kings when they were godly men, men of God. They abolished the wicked sins that were going on in the culture.
2: Yeah, sure. They, they
1: tore down the high places. They, you know, they destroyed idols. Um, and one of those idols was an idol that children were sacrificed to. Yeah, Moloch, yeah. Right, so that that ideology or that philosophy or that spirit has always been around. It's a in, in Christ being the eternal son of God and the eternal word of God, uh, having uh, demonstrated that and spoken that through his word shows us that that is an eternal sort of work yeah. that God's doing. Okay. So abolition, in my mind, is... Um, First of all, it's it's gospel-centered, gospel-focused because apart from changing the souls of human beings, there's no way that, that pre-born murder will, will never be unconscionable. Yeah. Until you ch- have a change of soul, mind, will, uh, emotions, and and deeds, um, then ab- abortion will not be done away with. So, yeah, the, sure. so that's the key is to... to Change their their hearts and souls and minds yeah i Um, just
0: had a conversation today i was talking to one of the uh pro-choice i put it in quotes because it's really pro-abortion ladies out in front of the abortion clinic and and she was talking about you know i was talking about this very subject she was talking about us limiting abortions and how we want to limit a woman's right to choose i'm like well i don't actually want to limit abortions i want it to be illegal like completely illegal to have an abortion and she was like well you know, if you, if you do that, women are going to have illegal abortions. So people have illegal abortions now. Like, they still do that. Right. You don't take a moral evil that I believe abortion to be right. and and legalize it to make it safe or right. to make it look better. It's right. like it's it's wrong. It's right. like slavery, exactly. you know, which is where the abolitionists exactly. sort of a lot of the language comes from. Um, you know, you don't make slavery legal so that it's so you're able to regulate it better. Right. It's a moral evil. People still own slaves today. now in the city of Charlotte. Right. As a matter of fact, right. it's like number, like right. I don't know, with number four or five in sex trafficking right. in the nation. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it speaks to kind of what you're saying yeah, with, th- with abolition. Today,
1: there's more slavery going on in the world than there has ever been in history. Yeah. yeah. So we abolish slavery. But yet, slavery still occurs. Does that mean that we were, uh, we were, we failed or that we were wrong? Absolutely not. We did exactly what should have been done. Yeah. That is, was a moral evil that should have been abolished, and we did it. And yet, wicked, evil people still sin and, and break, right, yeah. break the law and do criminal things. It's just like murder is abolished in the sense that it is highly illegal. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, people in Charlotte, you know, highest uh, more murders have already occurred this year yeah, than last year. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not the highest year in, in history, but it, you know, yeah. it does. So
0: you're you're speaking to really kind of the really the, the focus of this podcast, which we're talking about gospel centered pro life. Like when we started out the first podcast we did, we talked about what it means to be gospel centered and pro life. And there's pro life ministries and organizations that are out there. That you know, come at it from maybe a philosophical standpoint, which you know, philosophy certainly is uh. is great and all of that, and I don't downplay that. No. But if we're not focused in the gospel, like you're saying, if the gospel isn't the key, isn't the focus, then the human heart isn't changed, right. and abortion is still
1: right. kind right. of an option there. Right. So yeah, you're speaking you're yeah. speaking my language, yeah, brother. Absolutely. The absolutely. gospel changes the and heart. The, for the gospel to be the center, what that means that the scripture has got to be yeah. You know, a, a major key uh, to doing it because that's where you find the gospel, and so we we take the the full gospel. Um, we don't truncate it. We don't abrogate it. We 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 give everything that God, that Christ presented, that uh, that the the whole scriptures present in the gospel but we also take into account the whole counsel of scripture because we don't discount the the way the, um, that God spoke to his people or the way that God worked through his people or the way that God uses his people whether it was Old Testament or New Testament or today. Yeah. So the whole counsel of scripture has got to come into play as we um, reach people with the gospel and then we disciple them through the gospel into becoming full you know, mature yeah. believers. Yeah, uh, that's got to be done through the whole counsel of Scripture.
0: Yeah. Well, speak real quick if you if you can. Again, this is not you know this is not a debate format. We're right. debating about this thing. I personally, as a as a dude that just loves Jesus and yeah. loves people Amen. and thinks abortion is evil, that's right. I say I'm pro life. Because I'm for life. And people know what you're saying when you say you're pro-life. Oh, you're against abortion. Yeah. I'm content to be called anti-abortion. Like I'm anti-slavery, I'm anti-sex trafficking, (laughs) I'm anti-drug addiction, (laughs) anti-fornication. So I'm content. But so just a regular dude like myself who's not, you know, maybe necessarily in the abolitionist camp, but probably agree with a lot of the tenets of, of abolition. Speak a little bit, if you can, about the differences between pro life and abolition. Like why you personally
1: right. wouldn't say I'm part of the pro life movement. Right. Well, like I said before, in sharing my personal testimony, was that um, when my wife and I started early, uh, you know, gosh, 30 years ago, uh, working for for life, um, the uh, avenue that we took, which was pretty kind of the only. Uh, Available Avenue, and me not being a a mature believer at the time, um, just being introduced into, you know, living the Christian life. Yeah, um, That was, pro-life was the the movement that you... The only game in town, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, and so uh, I spent at least a decade working in every facet that I could in the pro-life movement, Uh, you know, certainly in my church, uh, in the community, being involved on the board of directors at my local pregnancy care center, counseling, uh, you know, marching, being in the streets, raising money, leading my church to to go and and be involved, uh, speaking to other churches, other pastors. Um, So, you know, I kind of run the gamut of of pro-life work. And at the end of the day, at the end of the decade, (laughs) I was uh, disappointed. Yeah. I was frustrated because I didn't see um, the, the fruit, I guess, and, um, or the results. And then I started thinking, what's going on here? And, and, and so when you, when you try to figure out after you've invested a decade into doing something, what's going on, you got to back up, you got to back up, not only the decade that you've been going on, but before that, what was going on? Where did I come in and what was going on before I came in? And so I started backing up and I backed up to, 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 roe v wade and i backed up to the early 19th century and um and so i I started and then i started studying about abolition Mm -hmm. um and and when you go through the history of abolition not only do you find it in the scriptures and i was certainly studying the scriptures as hard as i could and i was seeing these people you know fighting and speaking out uh, and proclaiming the word of god against you know being against the evil and wicked in the world and um, and so that was a an inspiration for me to find out you know how do you how do you do that today with this evil yeah and um, and obviously the correlations between uh, this evil of dehumanization of the preborn matches a lot of the dehumanization that was going on with slavery yeah sure and abolitionists were there and so you 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 run that thing up to to those uh, uh, early abolitionists British abolitionists early American abolitionists and you study um, those guys Force and Garrison and and those guys and you see what was going on and, and you read the things that they said the things that they did um, powerful yeah. powerful men oh, that, that yeah. made an impact that uh, they were hated yeah oh, and, absolutely. and you know Jesus said if the world loves you you better take a look at that. Right, yeah. you know, they're going to hate you the same way they hated me. Sure. And they certainly hated these guys, and these guys were certainly Christians and biblical. And so I, I found a lot of passion and, and compassion and um, inspiration uh, through those early abolitionists that uh, inspired me to be an abolitionist. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, when you went through a minute ago talking about being anti and being proud of that, and I appreciate that because I'm anti too. Yeah. And one of the things that, that I've found to be a difference between pro-life and abolitionists is that um, today in my community with the um, pro-life folks, when I have spoken to them and said anything about abortion being murder or um, being an abolitionist and being against abortion... Um, I've been reprimanded. Okay, yeah. as being anti you know, abortion. We don't want to be anti-abortion. We want to be pro-life.
2: Yeah.
1: And and so the one of the things about pro-life movement is I think that they want to be so positive mm-hmm. that they waver on the truth sometimes or they yeah. compromise for the positivity of being pro-life. Uh, which what we were talking earlier before the program, um, the justification that that can sometimes present to people who are abortion or murder minded. Yeah. Um, when we're soft on that or when we're positive, that takes the edge off of the reality of what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's one, just one thing. Yeah. Um, the One of the other biggest things for me is... Um, the the immediate the immediate um, call for abolition to okay. abolish yeah we want to murder. get get around to that because
0: yeah. that's kind of the that's some of the that's contention the, it's like it is immediatism versus incrementalism right. so yeah yeah keep, right and keep so so to,
1: so to clarify that one a little bit is what I like to think of is I, I um, when we we talk about immediate we are talking about um, it's sort of like a decision for Christ Mm -hmm. when I'm sharing the gospel with you or I'm leading a person to Christ. I lead everybody to Christ. Yeah. They, what do they choose? Is is there, you know, (laughs) on them, but you lead everybody to Christ and what is your desire that that today is the day of salvation. You want that immediate decision, that immediate change of mind, that immediate newness of life, um, uh, Spirit field salvation yeah. justification on the spot yeah and so that's the way I picture uh, abolition is we want the immediate end to this evil sin there's no compromise with it it's pure evil wicked and we want an immediate end to it um, and that takes steps which sounds like incrementalism right yeah but incrementalism tends to be okay all along the way and abolition is never okay all along the way because we want the immediate end we're always uh set you know our, our we're our, our focus is set like flint to that immediate yeah. end and so anything that um that takes the edge off of that immediate you know um impact is um is hard for us to swallow. It's, yeah, it's, it sure. seems a little bit like compromise, and so then then you start getting into all the details of that, and you could chase a thousand rabbits oh, yeah. on on the details. But but the the easiest details are the incremental legislation that's gone on sure. in, through the pro life movement for decades.
0: Yeah. Um, well, like we talked about, even like you said before the program, we were talking a little bit about the politics of abortion and how. A lot of of the political system, you know, a lot of these pro-life—I say that in quotes—politicians uh, are basically just playing on people's sensitivities to get votes, and uh, and sort of that that becomes a problem. Yeah, huge problem. Um, for me, just again, I'm just a I'm just a regular dude who thinks <laughs> Jesus is awesome and loves people and hates abortion. Okay. <laughs> um, but to me, when I see legislation which I you know I've heard the debates I've listened to some right. debates between the abolitionist and and pro-life people uh-huh. about that incrementalism when legislation passed they did some legislation I think it's 2013 here in North Carolina where they said basically you know a woman has to be given the ultrasound she mm-hmm. has to be able to see the ultrasound yep. and then they did a 20-week ban mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you know were people rejoicing over that I was like yeah you know, I guess Praise God, you know, it's a ban. If I'm a baby at 21 weeks, my mom walks into it, I look at it from a love your neighbor, this baby's right. my neighbor. Right. If I'm a baby that's 21 weeks and my mom walks into an abortion clinic and because of a 21 week or a 20 week ban, she can't kill me, I'm going to be happy yeah. for that legislation. Yeah. The problem, I think, comes in. Again, just looking at it from a practical perspective, the problem of it comes in if we're, we're able to settle. And a lot of people are like, we won some kind of victory right. because we have a 20-week ban or or whatever we might have. We have a partial birth abortion ban. And we right. won some kind of victory. I'm like, well, if that's how we're going to view it, if we're going to th- think that we can go, ah, oh, take a breath because we got this incremental thing, I don't think so, guys. Right. we got to press into this right. thing. we got to see if we believe abortion is murder, and I do. We need to see this thing completely right. illegal. Right. But I am I'm sort of okay with incremental bans on abortion. Like the the fetal heartbeat bills and things like that in Alabama. I don't find myself being like saddened by that cuz I'm thinking, okay, mamas are not going to be able to kill their babies past 6 mm. weeks and I'm happy. Right. So Tell me why I'm wrong and, okay. and, and and don't you know don't don't hold back because okay. I'm I, I want to be right. corrected I want to be consistent right. with the Bible yeah, absolutely and, and that, uh, that
1: is the word brother you hit the nail on the head without me even having to say a word is consistency so for me and you we both love God and we hate sin murder of babies to be fully consistent we have to hate all of that, yeah. The thing I see with legislation, whether it's a twenty-week ban, heartbeat bill, um, you know, obviously the—I mean, we've got a group of politicians out there now, just like I was sharing with you earlier about the Democratic debates, who don't even bother anymore yeah. because they're so gone. It's a settled issue. We can practically, you know, unless that baby's walking out of the building. We can kill it, yeah, you know I mean that's how far they've come. So that, that's a bizarre, crazy mindset for me, but, but getting back to you know, the, the um, legislation, a lot of this legislation is almost impossible to enforce. Yeah. Not only that is it puts a lot of the decision making in the hands of the very people. Who are committing the murders now and have been for decades? Yeah, not good people. Right, murderers, liars, stealers, cheats. You know, lustful, corrupt. Everything you can label them. That's where they are, and we cannot trust those people. And by that you mean like the people who run the abortion clinics? Absolutely. Yeah. The, yeah. the abortionists, the ultrasound technicians, all those people that are going on in there. So, so what, what has really impressed me of recent years is some of these. Um, Abolitionists who have gone and testified before local um, councils, have testified in in court situations, who have testified in um, other areas that they have shared in their expertise and their experience um, the the shortcomings of some of these legislations. Yeah. Um, one being the heartbeat bill. And Sarah Cleveland is an abolitionist, and she's mm-hmm. very... Yeah, I've seen her on Facebook. Yeah, she's yeah. done some very good interviews and, and testimonies regarding uh, this. her skill set and how easily a heartbeat bill can be avoided and be, yeah. be you know, uh, uh, gone around. Yeah. And, and, and so the consistency... Uh, is so hard to um, maintain in a, a legislation that has exceptions and compromise built into it. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I say so hard. I think it's impossible, quite honestly. Yeah. I think you cannot be consistent with abolition or the ending of and the hatred of the sin of murder um, if you celebrate as a victory the um legislation that has compromise and uh loopholes yeah so to speak right um,
0: yeah i mean you have a you have you know like i mentioned earlier in north carolina we had uh i believe it was 2013 the women's right to know act right which you know said that the woman was supposed to see the ultrasound or at least given the opportunity to see the ultrasound of her baby um there was information that from the state that she had to have about the risks of abortion and fetal right. development and stuff right. like that. Um, There's a 72-hour waiting period, and, um, and then the 20-week ban, I think, was wrapped. I could be kind right. of conflating things, I mean, maybe. Yeah. But uh, there was a, right away, there was a judge, because when I heard about the ultrasound thing, I'm like, okay, we know the ultrasound does give a window to the womb, and it does save right. lives. Again, we'd have to trust that the abortion clinic is right. actually going to do what they are supposed to do. Um, but that got thrown out anyway. Yeah. That got thrown right. out by some judge in Greensboro, like yeah. right away. And then the information that's given to them, um, as their counseling, I'm like, okay, so we, we're we gonna believe that this abortion clinic is actually gonna give them the proper information. And actually, we found out they can just call up on the phone and that's how they get their counseling, so like a right. recording or whatever. Yeah. Um, but the 20 week ban to me, it was like, okay, if babies are saved from that, um you know, I'm, I'm happy for it. I'm sort of like, when people ask me about politics, I, I'm like the, the go-to ask your questions about abortion guy. <laughs> right. Cause I'm in yeah. front of an abortion right. clinic on a regular basis. Yeah. And a lot of times I'm sort of embarrassed. Cause yeah. I'm like, you know what? I don't really yeah. know about all me this too. stuff. nationally. Right. all I know is I'm called to be a witness for these babies yeah. at the abortion clinics yeah. and ask people, to, to to come over and talk with me and right. convince them not to kill, kill yeah, their babies. Yeah. So when I hear stuff, I hear like like heartbeat bills and stuff like that. I uh, you know I'm not I'm not down about it. Right. One of the things that does trouble me, and I think we, and this is sort of like you know I absolutely agree with this are the exceptions. As a matter of fact, it seems like oftentimes, and that's what happened with Roe v. Wade, is the exceptions become the rule. Yes, right. Absolutely. So so the rape exception, the incest exception, and the health of the mother. Is like wow. Okay, do we really believe that this is a baby? Right. And even if it's a baby, even if it's a person that was conceived in rape, there's no difference between that baby as far as value is concerned, right. or any other thing right. concerned is concerned uh, than a baby who was not conceived in rape. So those exceptions uh, certainly do do cause me concern. I'm, I'm like, yeah. well, this is you know, these yeah. are again loopholes, like right. you said.
1: Yeah, the exceptions are are. Um they're in, on one hand, they're clear, mm-hmm. clearly wrong. <laughs> on the other hand, we're talking about tragic, horrific circumstances because then the reality of that. So, rape, if a woman's raped, that's a horrible sin oh, yeah. committed against her. Uh, incest, horrible sin committed against her. Um, and certainly, there are uh, health conditions and medical conditions where women are vulnerable and, and pregnancy is not a, you know, although it's normal, some things it's very difficult. I I grew up on a farm birthing cows and horses and goats and, you know, all that. And so it's a, um, and I, you know, I saw my own children born so the the animal kingdom moves into the human. So it it is a, um, there's, there's loss of blood. There's, there's all kinds of things that going on there, pain that, uh, you know, that that can be, a uh, a scary uh, situation and a, a medical situation. Um, so on the one hand, that they're clear that they're wrong. And on the other hand, they are uh, things that can be manipulated and used uh, to justify. Yeah. And so we have to, again, be consistent that there is no justification for this. Um, and, and, Sometimes that can come off you know kind of hard um, one of the things you know you mentioned about several times now about just being a regular guy i'm sort yeah. of, I'm a regular guy too yeah, sure. you know. i'm not a I'm not a professional I'm not a historian I'm not a, a you know any anything just a guy that loves jesus and and a guy that hates sin of murder um, and so I don't have all the answers you know and um, I don't know how you you know walk a woman through some of these harsh situations. But, but I know that we cannot allow the uh, rarity and the exception to be the rule. Um, and we've, we've got to uh, make sure that we do everything we can according to the scriptures and according to the love of God and the compassion of God and the care that God would, would, would offer uh, to those exceptional Cases, Yeah. Um, and I think that's where we fall short sometimes. And I know you guys do a great job at that um, with uh, the care and compassion that you show the ladies on the, on the sidewalks and, and walk and giving them the opportunity to have an ultrasound and to see the baby and not be manipulated like they would be if there was a, requirement in the clinic right, to yeah. do an ultrasound where they could hide the heartbeat or they could hide the image or they could tell them some sort of deceptive lie that their child is deformed or, yeah. or something. You guys are kind and compassionate and loving and you know graceful and merciful and you bring them in there and you show them a picture and you talk sweetly to them and and, and those things are 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 impactful and and they they uh exhibit Christ likeness to those women and and that's a, a draw, God. The yeah. Spirit of God uses that. Yeah. Um, and one other thing is that, although we're um, highly opposed to the exceptions and to the compromising legislation, I know from my own testimony and personal experience, and from the Word of God, that God causes all things to work together for good. Yeah. Things that are absolutely atrociously evil, wicked, sinful, that that man does. God will work those things out for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So, you let a woman, and you've talked with them, I've talked with them, they have done a murder, they have committed murder, murdered their preborn children, some of them numerous times. Yeah. Um, they find forgiveness yeah. in Christ. They find new life in Christ. Yeah. We actually just had a, you know, a woman mean, today who God came to the abortion that, clinic. Yeah, yeah. God caused that horrible sin of murder. And, and we, were, we we transition from the horrible sin and compromising legislation to the actual carrying out of that. God can cause good to come out of that in the salvation of that mother or future children or a husband or a relative or whatever and I'm not you know don't you know misconstrue what I'm saying I'm not justifying right, any, that, sure. any yeah, along, no, I, yeah. along the way because we've, we talked about that over there there is no justification and and we got to be really that's a delicate thing that that we you know kind of dance around sometimes or um, um, have to maneuver through in order to um, not you know be justifying in in our thoughts and our in our words or presentation to someone else to allow them to justify. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, just sharing, we had today uh, a mom who came to the abortion center, and she was on her fourth abortion. She had three prior abortions. Now, she was under heavy pressure from the boyfriend who uh, was a good guy, except for the four babies he he wanted to murder, three that had already murdered. She came, thankfully, came on board the, the mobile ultrasound unit, and uh, and Vicky and the other counselors showed her baby; she's fifteen weeks. And she could see clearly yeah. little baby's feet and she, feet, yeah. and she's like, you know, in awe of this yeah. thing. And ultimately, she came under conviction. They shared the gospel. They we do sort of the the way of the master, ray yeah. comfort, where yeah. we share the law. Yeah. We lay it on them heavy, right. and they see their sin. It's like, well, Jesus needs to be Lord of your life. This is not just a thing you do on Sunday. You need to surrender your life to Jesus, and she did. And now she's you know working through, and now she's empowered to go you know, speak yeah. to that boyfriend and be like, yeah. you know, I'm not doing this. She yeah. didn't want to do it. I was on the it streets was...
1: of Asheville a week or so ago, and I had a, a lady and her friend approach me, and I was holding my sign, graphic image sign, and she, she had mixed feelings about yeah. what I was doing. She was pro-life. She was a counselor, a post-abortive counselor, because she had had, Four abortions. Yeah, and she—that was the very thing. First things out of her mouth when she approached me was, "I've had four abortions, and now I'm forgiven. I'm a Christian, and I'm counseling women who are post-abortive, and you know, trying to uh, prevent uh, them, you know, from doing abortion abortions. But I am uh, unsure about your methods. Wh- yeah, what you're doing out here, sure. holding this sign. And, uh you know what your friend is doing preaching so loud, and you know, yeah. the gospel and you know some other things that he's saying, you know the law yeah <laughs> and and I'm thinking, I understand you know this image is graphic, and it is graphic to me, and it disturbs me because um it it's the reality, yeah, and what happens in Asheville. What happens in Charlotte? What happens in my city of Hickory, where there's is, is no abortion clinic, um, is that out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And and we've you know we've spent decades out of sight, out of mind, and and we're we're getting into a time that um, we, we're seeing clinics close, and yet we're seeing new, bigger ones being built. But we're yeah, seeing sure. a lot of close, and and we're seeing maybe a drop. At times, in numbers of of uh, statistics or numbers that are kept yeah. that we get access to of of murders that are committed, um, but you know we're we're um, we're getting in a in a delicate a tricky situation because the science is allowing these women to murder their children much easier, yeah, at home or in a hotel room. Or you know the, these pills that they can take that, yeah. that you know and so um, we've the the issue of the gospel and the scriptures and the the immediate uh, decision making um, and and the uh, assistance that that you provide a great deal of and that that's necessary and and the agitation of showing the world what's going on just like they showed uh, the world slavery and yeah. they showed the world the holocaust of the jews uh the world has got to see this and face it and in order to uh, honestly appraise uh, you know where they are
0: yeah um, i know some of the you know i actually try to stay as much as i can away from the back and forth on Facebook and, and right. social media and all this stuff. Right. Cause I see, you know, I see abolitionist folks arguing with pro-life folks and pro-life for- folks arguing with each other and a- AHA or abolitionist folks with arguing with each other. Yeah. And it's like, man, there's a lot going on. And like, man, I just, I, I deal with like contention every day right. out in front of an abortion clinic. Right. Like I don't want to deal with it on social media. So right. I sort of stay out of it. But some of the contention I see is kind of around methodology Right. Um, which is you know using victims of abortion, which we actually um, we we do use victim of abortion images. We don't use them as much as we used to, right. because we find that our interactions are more hostile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we want to have interactions where we're actually can have a conversation with somebody. You got to be strategic
1: with it, and I think yeah. you guys are because I think that when when I've been with you on the street and I and I brought my you know graphic image, I stand there with my Image. I don't have a whole lot of interaction with the actual girls that yeah. are going in or women that are going in. Um, you and but they everybody sees my sign. Yeah. Um, I have some interaction with the you know people who are <laughs> evil and wicked and want to you know scream at me and curse me or mock me. But 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 the you guys have the images but you have them, they're strategically located, and sometimes they're with somebody who's doing basically the same thing I'm doing, which is exposing the evil, but you have other people that are strategically located that don't have the graphic image that are with you, okay? So you got both sides covered. Yeah. You're exposing the evil, and you're also, with this person, providing the opportunity to talk and minister and share the gospel and, and offer assistance and you know, all those other things. And so they see that guy with the sign and they, they may be a little taken back by that or reject it, but they don't reject her yeah. with her, you know, comforting words or, you know, call to yeah. to talk. So um you're really good at that. Okay, and um and those are things that we talk about as abolitionists when we meet is strategy. Yeah, you know, we've got to be um wise you know and we got to be um nice but why we got is to it be,
0: why is the serpents and <laughs> as, as <Exactly>. <laughs> Um
1: so i don't want to use the word gentle no nah. yeah um but we, we've got to we've got to be you know um, yeah uh all in all when we when it comes to that and so we we talk about those things so when we go out we we kind of try to have the the thing covered our bases covered when we go sure you know um That's why it's better the more people you have with you, the more those things. And we talked about some of the other ministries that are involved in uh, pro-life that, you know, they don't engage. They may have a worship service or they may do praying or they may uh, sing or or whatever, um, but they don't engage. Well, that's okay. I know that when I've been on the sidewalk and I'm engaging and I'm one of a few and i'm outnumbered 20 to one by the other side and and you know and the, and the, the spiritual warfare that is already abortion, going on yeah. People, yeah, yeah and it's dark and it's it's horrible and the enemy's there you know and, yeah um so and then all of a sudden you got a group of 25 30 100 people from the church coming down the street singing and praising the lord and preaching or or uh praying or giving testimony that's an encouragement yeah, yeah. you know and it tends to shut down the, you know, the voice of the enemy. Uh, yeah. So so those things are, are necessary and are good. We just can't, we, we've got to be consistent. Mm-hmm. I think that the consistency needs to be with them, with us, and us with them. You know, and, and whatever area you're in, whether you're sidewalk counseling or you're showing a graphic image or you're preaching, you know, street preaching the gospel, uh, or if you're singing and worshiping, we, those things need to be covered and we need to be consistent, and we need to be um, together. Yeah. And th- you know, the the body of Christ, which is another part of abolition, and I know it's part of your heart, pro life, whatever you want to call it. Um, the The body of Christ is the the driving force, so to speak. It's it's the spirit filled human, you know, that that is the body of Christ that is pushing this. Um, uh, power to overcome the evil that's that's in front of us. So yeah. that guy over there who doesn't engage only sings, or that guy over there that's on his knees praying his heart out, shedding tears, weeping, uh, or the guy that's over here preaching the gospel and get letting them have it, yeah. or the guy standing over here having with the sign, not saying a word, exposing the evil, or the sweetheart standing over here saying, "Mother, please." Let me talk to you. Let me help you. Let me share with you what I'll, I'm willing to do. Every one of those people are my brothers and sisters. Yeah. And we have got to be together. Yeah. I have no animosity. I've never had any animosity toward you. I've always had the utmost respect for you and your faithfulness and, and service. And and yet we have our differences. Yeah. We, we've talked about them right now. Yeah. That's okay, man. Yeah. I want to do that. But yeah. if you need me, you call me. If you say, Carl, there ain't nobody down here. Come hold your sign. I'm on there, you know? (laughs) And if, and if I needed you to come speak to a group that, you know, you would come. Yeah. So that, that is an important thing. And and so I agree with you on some of the social media kind of stuff. As, as an abolitionist, I get plenty of conflict. All I do is open my mouth or hold my sign. (laughs) Sometimes I don't have to open my mouth, just hold my sign. And I get plenty of conflict. I don't have to go searching for it. And I don't have to show up at every argument that's out there. Um, I do. I, I like to debate, you <laughs> yeah. know, and uh, stuff like that. But at the same time, I try to keep in mind you're you're talking to a brother in Christ here and you have the Spirit of God living in you and mind of Christ and you don't no longer recognize people as their flesh. You recognize them according to the Spirit of God. And so you really need to be mindful of that when you're debating and, and you know, hashing out some of these differences.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, I agree. Yeah, the body of Christ
1: working together. Um, Let me share one thing. Yeah. Before we move forward, um, you mentioned at the outset um, abolitionists, pro-life, AHA, OSA. There's there's all kinds of groups out there that sure. are, that are everywhere in in the spectrum of abolitionist to pro-life. Whether you're consistent or inconsistent, how far apart you are, there's everything and everybody in between there. Um, I'm I'm somewhere in between there. Yeah. Okay. I know a lot of the guys in AHA. I know the, some, a lot of the guys in OSA. I know you. I know the guys in uh, um, Love Life Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there, there's all kinds of stuff going on that um, where Christians are involved. We consider ourselves abolish abortion in North Carolina. Okay. And so we don't. We don't want to be labeled or tagged um, to the point that um, you know we're, we're having to be contentious or we're yeah, having sure. to constantly defend things and and answer questions about things that we we, we haven't um, a focus and a and a heart and a drive uh, toward what's going on right here in our backyard in North Carolina and that is to abolish preborn murder here yeah. and I don't want to be distracted. Uh, with constant, you know, bickering or dissension uh, within the rank, so to speak, um, we're certainly willing to talk and, and have those yeah. discussions about differences or whatever or methods and all those things. But um, we – so we just, you know, we're an abolitionist society. We, we have the state covered. We, we have people from Asheville to Ashe County to my area of Hickory to Thomasville, uh, Charlotte, Greensboro – uh, Raleigh, Jacksonville. So we're from the coast to the central to the mountains and, and we're a ragtag, you know, motley crew of abolitionists and that's okay. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, one of the things I appreciate about you is your faithfulness in being here in Charlotte in, in a, in a central location for so long, you know, 17 years of, of ministry here and, um, and what's going on with, with love life, Charlotte, um, to a degree, that um, we're w- this area is an exceptional area in the sense that I, I hear a lot from whether it's pro life or abolitionists around the country that it's a, it's a ghost town outside of clinics and meals and yeah. uh, in, in other parts of the country and they're begging in other parts of the world they're begging for other people to just show up yeah and so one of the things that we talked about earlier was if you're begging and you're wanting people just to show up. When they show up, don't go nitpicking mm-hmm. you know yeah. what they're what they're doing's necessarily. They showed up. Yeah. You know, give them a chance. Um one of the things I shared with you is that, you know, we we nitpick a certain church that may show up outside the clinic because we've seen their bumper sticker inside the parking lot of the right, clinic. Yeah. And then the next week another church comes down the street, and the first thing that goes through your mind is Oh gosh, another bunch of them, yeah. you know, and you turn around and it's the people from your own church, right, yeah. you, you, you know, God will put a check on you real quick. If you don't keep those kind of things, um, you know, in, in perspective. So, um, th- that's, uh, you know, and I don't, I'm not, I don't want to think, I don't want you to think that I'm being selfish by coming here today. But one of the things that I really value about our time together is that I get an opportunity to share with the group and the people that you know and the people that are listening to this podcast or viewing this podcast, abolition. Yeah, that's all I want to do. Yeah, there it is. If you got more questions, go to AbolishAbortionNorthCarolina.com and find your answers. Yeah, or, or you know, contact us and ask us. I'm not out here to steal your people. I'm not trying to infiltrate your group. I'm not trying to down you know downgrade anything you've ever done or what other people are doing. I'm simply presenting. Abolition, and I want to stick to the tenants, and I want to do it by uh, assistance, which you're exceptional at. And I'm good at agitation. Yeah, <laughs> I like holding my sign, and if somebody wants to talk, I'll be glad to talk. Yeah. And however you want to come at me, you know, I, I'll try to be as gentle as I can, but I'm mm-hmm. not going to compromise, and I'm going to be consistent with the law and the, and the faith.
0: Yeah, so yeah, that's good. I appreciate you coming, man, because I, I think this is again a question that people have. People that are. That are brand new into you know pro life or abolitionist stuff. Um, I think need to hear a conversation like this and, and need to understand sort of why these issues are important. And you know, I think a conversation like this sort of takes away some of the the contention that can be there and yeah. some of the bad view either way. Right, right. right. You know, the bad view the pro life people are all like this, or the right. abolitionist people are all like this. And yeah. and no matter what, you know, this is. I know that you're not speak, speaking for everyone who's an AHA person or right. would claim to be an abolitionist. I'm certainly not speaking for everybody that would claim to be uh, pro-life or, or, or whatever. Um, not a monolithic group either way. Right. Ultimately, though, what it comes down to is the gospel being the, the center of the, of the thing. Right. Anything we do, we've, I say it and I'll say it again. I, I spoke with the church just the other night uh, with their evangelism team. I said, listen, if we're doing anything that is good, that's not proclaiming the gospel it's just a humanitarian effort right humanitarian efforts are good Everywhere. that's yeah. fine do humanitarian efforts but if you're cl- going to claim to be gospel centered the gospel has to be a part of what you're doing yeah. or else it's just a humanitarian right. effort yep. jesus didn't say that that he's going to build his humanitarian effort <laughs> that's what i tell people jesus didn't say that I'm going to build my pro-life movement. No, he says, I'm going to build my church, mm-hmm. and the gates of hell won't prevail against right. us. It's not the gates of hell won't prevail against the abolitionists or the pro-life people or the blah, 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 whatever. Right. The gates of hell do not prevail against the church of Jesus right. Christ. And ultimately what it's about, the, the body of Christ yeah. bringing the gospel. Right. And so I appreciate that that yeah. perspective from you. appreciate you, you coming and talking. And so,
1: I, I can't. God never said I could. Mm-hmm. He can and he always said he would. Yeah, it, this ain't about me and you, and it ain't about anybody else that we can lay our eyes on. Um, I learned a long time ago in, in discipleship and counseling, uh, been involved in that for twenty years, one on one and you know groups and couples and all those kind of things. Is that you've got to deal with the soul that's right in front of you. Yeah, and it, it's not about you, and not necessarily about them. It's about Him. Yeah, and when Christ is the central thing. The gospel, which is found in the word of God, stick to the truth, stick to the gospel. God will carry out. His word will not come back void. His spirit is not uh incapable. Yeah. <laughs> all power, all ability, all work is done in Christ, and and that's how you change the world. Yeah. That's how he changed the world. That's how he commissioned us and commanded us to go out and, and do yeah. the same thing.
0: Amen. So, Amen. I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate, appreciate you talking, man. man. And you. You're, what's the website now?
1: Abolishabortionnorthcarolina.com. Okay,
0: Abolish Abortion North Carolina. And if somebody goes on that website, is there like a contact thing so they can shoot you um, over an
1: email? They should be able to, and okay. they should also be able to, to sign our petition. Uh, we didn't get into a whole lot of stuff like that, but, uh, you know, you, I've seen you guys down at the city council meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got to be out there. We've got we got to take advantage yeah. of everything that, that is set before us um, to – Make a difference and yeah. bring the gospel to the community. So, city councils, your local legislatures, your local local communities, uh, churches, um, le- legislators—you know, state uh, capitals—anything uh, that you can do to present the message, uh, petitions, whatever you can do, uh, get out there and do it. Show yeah. up, speak up. You know, yeah. uh, do the work of. Abolition. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. So they. Yeah. So connect with uh, with Carl on their website abolish abortion nc North yes, or North Yep. And then our website is Charlotte org. And then we also have a national website that we mention often, which is Sidewalks for Life. Sidewalks the number four and Life.com, which is an equipping website. Which is basically, hey, we've learned. And we've, we've learned a lot. We've made a lot of mistakes in sidewalk <laughs> counseling. Here's the stuff that we've learned. So it's just information out there to right. equip people to bring the gospel to the yeah. abortion center. So those who are, who are listening, those who are watching, you can go there. Uh, you can connect with Carl there at their website. We appreciate you guys and just pray that you're blessed by listening to this podcast. And if you have a question about this podcast or anything for me, uh, Daniel Parks or D Parks, sorry, at cities, the number four in life.com. You can shoot me over an email. Be certainly willing to connect you with Carl if maybe you need to be connected with him, or you have any questions. Uh, but we appreciate all those who watch and listen. Uh, thanks, and God bless. Use
2: me,
0: Lord. use me, Lord.